This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The following is paid commercial programming. The content and opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of WSSP, Intercom Milwaukee, its staff, or sponsors. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi... And every river, lake, and field in between. Let's talk everything outdoors. <laughs> You're on the crazy train. <laughs> Welcome to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors. Only on Sports Radio 1057 FM, The Fan. Folks, this is the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors, and I want to say good morning to all our listeners. And to let you know, he's Dan Bush. I'm Tom Neubauer, and we got Sam Schmitz on the board as usual. Now, Danny is coming to you from his palatial estate on Pewaukee Lake, and I'm coming to you from this secret uh, concrete bunker somewhere east of the Mississippi. Anyway, if you want, hey, to, hey. but if you want to be a part of the show. Just give a call at 414-799-1250. That's 799-1250. You can also email us at uh, ceoguys at yahoo.com, but won't be able to get back to you till during the week. Anyway, I just want to let you guys know that if this phone that I'm on now dies, you won't hear me. I have to call you on another phone. So, anyway, how's everything going, Danny? Well, I don't know, Tom. I was going to complain. How come you're telling everybody where I'm at and you're in a concrete bunker all of a sudden? Well, nobody knows where that palatial estate is. Well, come know. on. That's well, a big lake. You, you won't even narrow down your city, dude. Oh, okay. Let's see yeah. now. Oh, yeah. It's okay for me. Let's just tell them where Dan's at. Yeah. Well, I, but Tom, Mr. Mysterious. Okay. Mr. Uh, Secret about everything. Okay, here we go. I'm somewhere uh, west... Oh, that's not oh, even... See, you're leaking out again as usual. I'm west of Lake west Michigan. West of what? Yeah, west of Lake Michigan. <laughs> oh, goodness me. All right, next week we're both in concrete bunkers, yeah, dude. It's good to be back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Be Being back. as you are taking care of business. Yeah, well, I'll tell everybody. Don't worry. I'll tell everybody what I was doing. Yeah, no, it's no problem. Mr. Mr. Cloak and Dagger. Yeah. Mr. Secretive yeah. there. Yes, yeah, it was Cloak and Dagger. So uh, uh, when do you want me to tell everybody about it, or should I wait? 
this? Well, I don't know. Uh, yeah, we'll wait. We'll wait okay. here. Uh, we'll, wait. we'll keep them on pins and needles. Yeah, we got a we got a little bit of things to talk about today. Uh, you know, Tom, today is the opening of uh, deer season. Yeah, for the bows. Yeah, for bow and a small game opens as well. Ah. Uh, in, interesting story for my brother up in uh, Oshkosh. He uh, he's got a place to hunt up there where. Last year, opening day, he, uh, he he wasn't even sure he wanted to shoot a deer the first day of season. But when a ten-point buck came after it was after it was like the third buck he'd seen that morning uh, or that evening, he figured, well, I can't pass this one up. But he, even just how he got the place to hunt, kind of a miracle. He he believes it was the Lord's will. He uh, he works for J.J. Keller up there in uh, Oshkosh, and uh, one day one of the gals that works with him. Uh, found out he hunted and said, oh, you ought to come out by where I'm out here in the country. My neighbor has deer all over. They'd probably let you hunt. So he went out and he talked to that neighbor, and the neighbor says, well, let me get back to you. He says, I do have one guy that I let bow hunt out here. And then Tim's back at work about the next week, and uh, he's talking to a young guy there about bow hunting. And the guy goes, yeah, I hunt out at such and such by this. And I mean, this is way out. You know, what are the odds? turns out that young guy is the other guy who hunts on that property and my brother's been hunting with that guy out there ever since and they've been shooting all kinds of deer so he felt it was just just the miracle what are the odds yeah i was gonna say what a small world wow and he's shot deer there he's uh shot turkeys there he's taken me turkey hunting there although i've passed up some jakes but he uh interesting story uh like i said last year he shot a he shot a big one his first day, and uh, I guess he ended, started and ended his season with a bang. Well, not necessarily a bang, but it was an arrow. Uh, but he was out uh, yesterday. He went out in the evening, and he's just wearing his blue jeans and flannel shirt. And he went into the, into kind of a corner on a fence row, and uh, he's just kneeling down in the grass. And he had about 20 deer out there on the field in front of him and he said it was about eight or nine bucks and uh what and most of them were you know smaller there were some you know forks and he said maybe a couple eight points nothing gargantuan uh but then uh five yards from him he looks up and there's a buck it's a nine point buck it's only five yards from him and it's just kind of coming through the fence and it still doesn't know he's there but it's in full velvet yet Wow. And yeah, and I've got uh, well, my friend Scott Olson. He always wanted to hunt this opening weekend because it was his goal to shoot one in velvet and get it mounted in velvet. Uh, you know, okay. to get it and pretty much, you know, it's got velvet on it now. But that's probably going to be gone. I'm guessing by next week. I don't know. Maybe one of our listeners out there has shot a buck in velvet. Um, before and can tell us about it i don't know how how would you even mount it and keep that velvet on there you would think that would fall off i guess that would would think that it would uh yeah that it might like rot away or something you know like uh it would just keep on progressing yeah that's weird yeah maybe they spray some uh, spray gorilla glue or something (laughs) (laughs) i guess that would be a question tom yeah that would be a question tom for our friend dan johnson yeah um Yeah. yeah So how about yourself? I know you haven't hunted in years. Did you ever hunt opening day of bow season? No. Oh, wait a minute. No, no, no. I take that back. It was a long time ago, but yes, 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 I did. 
Did you have any success? Uh, I hit a deer but never found it. Oh, you did? Yeah, I hit it but never found it. So what? What did you? Uh, was it a? Uh, um, I was with a recurve. Back with then, the recurve. they didn't have compound. Well, they just they just started coming out with compounds, and, and I was using a recurve, and I wasn't that good of a shot. So uh, what'd you hit? A, <laughs> what'd you hit? A doe or a yeah. buck? Uh, a doe. It was a doe. doe. Yeah. Okay. But I was yep. going to tell you that, you know, on the story about hunting spots, now I'm gonna, not going to mention who it is or anything, but if let's, uh, you know, I know this gentleman who, who uh, you know, got to know this farmer, okay, in an area where there were a lot of deer. And, you know, he went and introduced himself, which is, impro- which is the right way to go. You, he introduced himself and asked him if he could hunt on his land. And at first the guy said, Oh, no, I don't think so, you know, because I guess he had a lot of people asking him. And this gentleman said to to the older guy, he said, well, look, he says, if there's anything I can ever do to help you out on your land, because this was an older guy who owned the land, he says, if there's anything I can ever do to help you out, he said, just let me know. He said, because I'd really like to hunt the land and I'd really want to, you know, uh, pay you back somehow. Well, anyway, he got a call from the guy. He left his number. He got a call from the older guy. And uh, he says, yeah, I need some help uh, putting up this fence. And there was a fence that, you know, probably 100 yards long, you know, or whatever. And this guy went out, helped him out. And so the old guy said, yeah, you, you, you can hunt the land. Well, anyway, over the years, they, you know, this, the younger guy would give the older guy a hand with stuff every year in the summertime and whenever, you know. Um, and they became friends. And he hunted the land for like 30 years. Then the older guy got really old and decided he was going to start selling off some of the land. Guess who he asked first? This other guy who helped him all those years and got a relationship. So this guy ended up buying 40 acres. And down the road, he'll probably be able to buy another 40 or 80 at a really reasonable price in an awesome you know, area to hunt deer. So it just goes to show that if if you do it with respect you know asking these farmers and uh you know and doing it the right way you know being a nice guy and uh, you know helping them out you just might you know be able to hunt land that you never thought you could so hey tom i that's a good theme and remind me to pick up i got more stories got i got opening day deer stories to tell today but right now i think we have a caller okay we got uh rich in milwaukee Hey, Rich in Milwaukee, what's shaking? Yeah, good morning. Good morning, guys. Yeah, they're, uh, right now, uh, I'm a big game camera guy. And uh, southeastern Wisconsin, what I've got is mostly the big bucks are all out of velvet. And you have the, um, a lot of the six-point and fork-type still in velvet. Okay. okay. That changes. So, that, cha- that can change in one day. You know? that, they can lose a velvet in one day. It's, it's, it's unbelievable how they can do it. And then how about- the other... Uh, thing you talked about is you, you did have that taxidermist guy on there a while back and uh what they do this nowadays is they freeze dry that that those velvet if you shot a buck in, in velvet did they freeze dry them somehow and that that preserves them here's the oh, okay used for melvahide and and uh, that i guess practice has been out for quite a while oh yeah, you know, I think that formaldehyde is like a deadly poison, isn't it? Well, well yeah, it's not a good thing, but they, they used to inject it with it. And, yeah. uh, but I, I believe they freeze-dry that stuff now. Yeah, that's an embalming fluid. <laughs> right. It is. 
Yeah. Yeah. Just think, they'll be using that on you someday, Tom. <laughs> well, maybe well, we can lot, freeze. <laughs> maybe we can freeze dry you, but we'll have to have a big freezer. So. All right. Well, Rich, thanks for the info. We appreciate no, that's it. Okay, you guys got a good show, and we'll talk to you again. All right. All right. Good All luck right. hunting. You know, speaking of that, Danny, uh, last week uh, had a a real nice guy stop in, or no, it was on Wednesday, this past Wednesday. Uh, Gary from New Berlin, uh, he's, he's won a prize in the past from us. And he stopped in to see me at Sherpers, and, and we were talking. He was really interested in finding out where on Oconomowoc I was catching those big bluegills. Now, he, Gary, Gary fishes out of a kayak, and he'd never been on Oconomowoc. So I drew him a map of how to get to the launch and what the river and all that. But I said, I'll tell you what, Gary. I said, you bring me in a map of Oconomowoc Lake. I says, I'll show you exactly where on the map where to find those bluegills. So if you do decide to go down that river and try for them, I said, I'll, I'll point out exactly where we catch them. So maybe Gary will stop in with that map, you know. Well, that's that's nice that you can help them out, although conditions have changed quite a bit yeah. the last couple of weeks. Those bluegills might not even be there. That's always uh, a possibility that's right and and i'll tell you talking about weather changes uh i'm not going to tell you tell the story yet but you know i was up north last week this uh last weekend and uh boy i'll tell you what there was quite a weather change in temperature oh man it got a little chilly you know so the mornings the mornings were chilly well that's all right when you're fishing you brave through it you know you mentioned uh, mentioned Oconomowoc for the bluegills. Yeah. Um, one tip our listeners might want to try, I knew a guy years back, and it was this time of year where he would go on Oconomowoc and get big perch, and it was yep. in the fall. Yep. I don't, don't know exactly, you know, I can't remember exactly how or where he was targeting them, but he showed me some pictures of some pretty nice perch. Now, in your stumbling around out there, all the fishing you do there, Tom, have you stumbled into any of those big perch out there? Yeah, I've talked about it before in the past. My uh, my son Chris and I, in the fall, and uh, normally it's a little bit later in the fall. Uh, you know, the temp- temperatures usually are, uh, the water temperature is usually in that low 60s, but we'll catch, we'll target the perch, and believe it or not, they're in shallow water. They're in anywhere from three to six feet of water and you know you'll catch a lot of perch but you got to sort through the little ones and you know you'll catch maybe five six seven eight you know five inches uh, six inches and then all of a sudden you'll have a ten incher you know so you got to sort through them but yeah you'll you'll get a handful of those dandies yeah uh so they are there and and i'll tell you what oconomowoc is one of those lakes that people don't realize the the big perch that are in it and the big bluegills that are in it. Now, if you're looking for crappies, don't go out there. There's there well, very few, very few crappies. Is it and, because there's just not enough wood or, you I, know, because I've heard crappies like wood and brush and so yeah. forth. Or I, ty- I really don't com- know. I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you what, though. I do know one thing, Danny. And we got that? a break coming up. Okay. <laughs> so, so we might as well go to a break. Uh, we're on two stations, folks. 1250 AM and 105.7 FM, The Fan. So stay tuned for more with him, Dan Bush, and me, Tom Neubauer. 
back to the Skibber Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. I'm Dan Bush in a concrete bunker, and this is Tom Neubauer in the concrete bunker. Not next to me, but somewhere in a concrete bunker. Hey, thanks for listening this morning. We always make it a point to thank uh, law enforcement officers out there protecting us, military, first responders, health care workers, especially being as yesterday being the anniversary of... Uh, of 9-11, and I'm going to get my gripe out of the way here real quick, Tom, if that's okay with you. Yeah, no problem. Here's my gripe for today. So I was listening to the show on on our station prior. Is that Robin something yeah. or other? Is that the guy's? Okay. Yeah. And I he made the comment that, you know, hey, well, we need uh, more, less booing and more positivity in this in this country. And, you know, so you got these guys, everybody's all upset people booed at the football game when the players, you know, did their, you know, their thing. You know what we need less of in this world? We need less people burning down buildings and rioting. That's what we need if you want to talk about what we need less of and need more positivity. Heck, I'd be willing to say that all any of the people that booed haven't done anything damaging or have done zero riding whatsoever, and all, they're just sitting by quietly taking this, and it's their only way of, of letting their voice be heard. So I say let them boo. Yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, I heard about that on the radio, and I thought that was great. The people are letting the players know that they don't want politics involved in sports. You know, you, you turn on a football game, you just want to watch a game. You don't, you don't yeah. want to know all this political stuff. You get that all week long, you know. You just want to watch a game. So let those people booing, I thought was great. If I was there, I'd boo too. Well, it's kind of funny because I heard uh, one of the TV commentators, I think it was Jay Glazer, tried to say, oh, they weren't booing the protesting. They were booing because the other team came out of the tunnel at that moment. And, uh, you know, they're all kind of trying to downplay it <laughs> like it didn't happen. You know? Oh, that's funny. I mean, it's just unbelievable. My other gripe, here's my other gripe of the day. You know, nowadays, you know, it's tough to be a male in today's society, right? You know, we're always getting blamed for everything. You know, I, you know, I, I dare say that if you whistled at a female, you'd, you know, they'd want to arrest you for that. Um, so the wolf whistle's probably a thing of decades past. But I'm watching, I'm sitting there at Park Avenue Pizza, which is a great place to go for your uh, pizza and chicken and all kinds of stuff, by the way. I'll put in a plug for them while I'm talking. And uh, they're also looking to hire. They, I think they need somebody to work the register and take calls. Park Avenue Pizza here in Pewaukee. But they had the Ellen Show on, and it was closed captioning. And I was kind of a distance. I couldn't quite read the closed captioning. But I could kind of tell the gist of what they were doing. They had Nicole Kidman. Charlize Theron and some other model on there and they were putting pictures of guys they put two guys up you know some other movie stars or what are celebrities and they were picking choosing between them like oh yeah I'd, 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 I'd take that one you know uh, oh yeah I'd do that one. and I'm thinking what if it were a guy's show and they were putting pictures of women on and they were saying oh yeah I'll take that one it'd be oh they'd be all up upset about that so as a male I feel really objectified and offended by that yeah me too it's yeah it's okay it's okay for them to do it but god forbid you know if a guy does anything these days we're all in hot water so those are my two gripes for the week I always got something bugging me well you know Danny I found it interesting uh, yesterday that, you know, at Sherpers, there's young people that work there. And, you know, some of the young people who work at Sherpers weren't even born when 9-11 happened. And some of them were only a year or two old. And, you know, they don't realize what 
what it was back then. And, you know, America, or I should say Americans, you know, we're a forgetting nation, a lot of people, as a whole, you know. And we should that's something we should never, ever forget. And, and every year, it shouldn't be on... Uh, like a 19th year anniversary. This should be every year. There should be a big thing about it. They should replay, you know, the Twin Towers coming down. They should tell the story about Flight 90. Was it 93 or 97? I forget. 93. Um, yeah, 93. And about the Pentagon. And, I mean, they. this should be told every year at this time. Every year. We should well, never, ever forget that. So. Well, some some people are. Some people are, but let me tell you from, uh, in fact, I'll, kudos, I did listen to Coast to Coast last night. It's my evening, you know, that's, that's my little nightlight lullaby, lulls me to sleep at night. Coast to Coast and uh, George, whatever his name, did play replay the audio from the flight control tower for Flight 93. Wow. And, and it ended with, with it crashing. Yeah. And he couldn't talk for like 30 seconds he choked up and couldn't talk he just kind of lost it at the end i don't and so blame was, him because those it, people were real heroes you know it was it was really emotional so yeah some people are are trying to to remember it but i can tell you my experience in in the schools is that i mean maybe we'd mention it Maybe we wouldn't. I mean, if I mean, very little. Same with Pearl Harbor. Same with a lot of these things. Uh, they're they're way too busy talking social justice and things in the history classes. It's like it's all being watered down. There is no patriotism that I see anymore. You know, Danny, you got those people on that flight. They weren't thinking about social justice. They weren't thinking about who did what to who. They banded together as U.S. citizens going to protect other U.S. citizens. You know, they, they did, all that other stuff was out the window. And I think that's we need more of that in this country, of citizens standing together, not, you know, not to be, like you said, burning down buildings and rioting and getting paid by people to, to go out and riot. It's, you know, we got to have more harmony in, in this world. And more understanding, I think. But anyway, yeah, no, no doubt anyway. about that. That that flight ninety three. I saw a TV show on that documentary years ago. And what was it that the guy said right before they banded together and stormed the cockpit? He said something oh. like, "Let's." I think he said, "Let's roll." Yeah, let's and roll. That, and that was let's it. roll, and that let's was roll. it. That was it. They yeah. were going to their their suicide basically, but yeah. they saved. And those were regular regular Americans, and they were heroes. It was also great. President Trump yesterday awarded a medal, the Medal of Valor to a young man who was 17 years old sitting in a classroom when he heard about 9-11. He wanted to join the Marines, have his mom sign off. He was only 17. Right. Mom said no. And then he saw a thing about Army Rangers when he was 18. He saw a competition. He signed up, and two years later, he won that same Army Ranger competition, and he got a Medal of Valor. He's like 36 years old. He, he did... I won't tell what he did, but unbelievable stuff, risking his life to save other right. people. Not Americans. He was saving Kurds from ISIS, right. from killing, getting killed. Wow. That's pretty. I didn't, I didn't hear that part. Yeah, I heard he a was, lot of his speech about that. I, I just didn't hear that part. But I guess we can get off of the pontificating about stuff, you know. Uh, we, are, we are an outdoor show, but sometimes we do, you know, go a little astray. 
which is okay. Hey, but, every uh, Tom, you know, Tom, every hunter and fisherman I've sat down with in the last six weeks is part of our conversations. Believe me, you, we've gone astray. Yeah. Hey, you know what, Danny? Yeah, I, I just thought of this too. This last week, I talked to some black, regular black guys who are customers who come into our store, and real nice fellows. We talk fishing, we talk knives, whatever. And I had to ask them if they knew what the Black National Anthem was. They had no clue. <laughs> I thought it was funny. They had no clue. So, you know, I guess there's there's African Americans out there that don't know there's a Black National Anthem. Well, I you know? think it's just a popular song. I think we used to play it at some high school graduations, and it's a real nice song. Oh. Um, I, I, I don't think it's ever been officially dubbed. I think it was kind of unofficially adopted. Well, of course, that. it's unofficial. We only have one national anthem, you know what I mean? But anyway, uh, after uh, the gut report, uh, I don't know if I should talk about the trip after the gut report, or should I wait until 7 o'clock? What do you um, think? Uh, yeah, whatever. Got a lot of chit. Well, I suppose, you know, it'll take a while go back and forth. I'm sure you'll have some questions, maybe some other people. But I'll tell you what, on my trip up to Manaqua, I, I saw a couple of things that I had never seen before, and we'll get into that and more here on the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Stay tuned for the Gut Report. We'll be right back, folks. Come here, I'm going to eat you. I'm bigger than you. I'm higher in the food chain. Get in my belly. The Gut Report is brought to you by Discount Liquor. Okay. You know, I don't think I've ever talked about this before, but one of my favorite foods that I really like eating is biscuits and gravy. And there's there, now you could make your own biscuits, you could make your own gravy, and I've done all that from scratch, but I'll tell you what, it's nice to do it quick and easy. You go out and get yourself a can of those Pillsbury biscuits in a can, or you get that Bisquick mix, you put those in the oven, and while those are in the oven, you take a, 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 a tube of that Dean's pork sausage, and you get that frying on the stove. When the biscuits are done, you know, you take them out. When the pork sausage is done, take them out. You know, slice it into, you know, patties, maybe, I don't know, half inch, three quarters of an inch thick. Anyway, and then take about one third of the pork sausage and cut, chop it up real fine, as fine as you can. And then you get a, a packet of uh, McCormick's Country Gravy Mix. Follow the directions. You mix that gravy mix, put that diced up pork sausage inside of it, and you're raring to go. Put a couple of biscuits on a plate, a couple of pieces of pork sausage, and then put that gravy over the top. Oh, it is so good. <laughs> I'm getting hungry already just thinking about it. I think this morning that's what I'm going to go in the house and make. Anyway, try that. Biscuits and gravy, easy way. The, 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 the gut report was brought to you by Discount Liquor. And, you know, they're in their 60th year in business. No other liquor store has been local and originally family-owned for that many years. There's a reason they've been in business that long. Price, service, and selection. Go to DiscountLiquorInc.com uh, Discount for weekly specials. We'll talk to you later. Welcome back to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. We are brought to you by Baitmate 
fish attractant uh, and Coleman insect repellents. I'm Dan Bush. I, uh, f- along with Tom Neubauer, I fully have my wits uh, with me here, Tom. You know, I was under uh, I was under heavy heavy sedation this week. Yeah. Where uh, I might have been kind of goofy when a couple of people called me. Just kind of. <laughs> yeah. So so what I had to go in. Not that I was looking forward to it. In fact, it's supposed to be every ten years, but I waited twelve years because I was putting it off. I went in for the dreaded colonoscopy, which has a lot of fun prep the day before. But then when they when you're done, right, and they they cut you loose, they they wake you up out of the deep sedated sedated state. But then you have to have somebody pick you up and drive you home, which I can understand because I I went to get up and put my shoes on. I was trying to put the left shoe on the right foot and the right on the left, and oh, I was like, I felt. I, I mean, I was swaying as I walked out of the room, and uh, Waka came and got me. You know, they won't let you have an Uber come pick you up. No. Uh, I had an Uber take me down there, but they wouldn't trust an Uber to take me back. Oh. My question would be, what if you stormed out of the building without, you know, just doing your own thing? What are they going to do? Are they going to call the police or something? Um, but as it as fate may turn out, I had several people call me on my phone on the way back as Waka's driving me back. And I honestly remember very little of either conversation. Uh, <laughs> one was my buddy down in Florida talking about coming on up. And we were talking about maybe his daughter deer hunting. And the other was one of my... Uh, clients i had out talking about a canadian bear trip and uh it's all it's all a fog tom i I vaguely remember i think i'm gonna have to call those guys up and revisit the conversation but the good news is after all that i i'm not going to worry about it for another 10 years in fact the way i'm feeling about this stuff i may never worry about it ever again uh everything i got a clean bill of health it's but you know it's not enough for the doctor to come on in and tell you okay everything's clear looking good they give me the stack of papers, right? And I take it home, and I look at the third paper in the stack. They gave me a picture of the inside of my colon, Tom. They gave me, oh, my God. I mean, imagine the grossest eel that you've ever seen. And and it's like I, I immediately tore it up and threw it away. I don't want to see that. Why do I need to see that? Just tell me I'm clear. Jeez, what's the deal with that, man? Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, I've never, I've never had it done. Oh, I, I can't. My, my doctor keeps saying I should have one, and I say, "Why? I'm fine. I don't need anybody fooling around back there." Yeah, well, Tom, you know, it's they say that uh, I don't know that the, yeah, that they, you should get. I've yeah. had it done twice, and I'm clean, clean, clean bill of health, tw- health twice. So yeah. I don't know if I'm going to worry about Danny, it so much. You, you know, Danny, years ago, long time ago, let's say 20, 30, 40 years ago. They never pushed colonoscopies like they push it nowadays. They, they really push it. And uh, I look at it this way. If, if I feel funny, I'll let you know. But otherwise, I don't want anybody fooling around back there. Well, I know. I know. But, that, but by then, Tom, it, it's probably too late. Well, that's I mean, that's right. really I'm old. That's, I've lived a long time. So. That's really treatable if caught in early stages because I know uh, two people, I won't say their names on the air, but they're way younger than you, and uh, they both last year. Yeah, uh, they wow. caught it in time, though. Yeah, it's good. That's excellent. So. Um, Danny, do you know? Do you ever see Woody Woodpecker from the cartoons years ago? Um, well, he, he you know, I was a big Casper the Ghost fan. Well, Woody Woodpecker, you know, had that red head and it had a big plume in the back. You know, like somebody combed it. You know, 
Yeah, because he, he was a wood. That's what woodpeckers look like. Well, no, not all woodpeckers. Uh, the ones I got around my house are black and white. They're they got white spots all over them, and they don't have any red heads in that. Well, that's uh, that's because that's called the red-headed woodpecker, Tom. Well, it's got a uh, there's a different, longer name to it than red-headed woodpecker. But anyway, uh, if I've never seen one in my life, but except for this last weekend, uh, I saw one up in Manaqua. And I was surprised at how colorful they were and how big they were. That thing had a st- stand 14 to 16 inches tall, and it was a big bird. I, was, I mean, I'd never seen one before. It was huge, and, and it looked so cool. It looked just like Woody the Woodpecker. Okay, was, you can t- tell our... I'm going to go grab my Kaufman field guide from my library here. One second. I'm going to identify your... Your your woodpecker okay. here. Okay, well, so <laughs> so Andy, while well, Danny's off getting his book, his field guide, uh, I, I you know it was funny too because I told my sons. I mean, it was in a tree right in front of us, and I told my sons, get somebody get a picture of this, you know. But when they tried getting the picture, the, the bird would go around the other side of the tree, and then eventually it flew away. But it was really cool to see. Like I said, I was surprised at how big it was. So like I said, it looked just like Woody the Woodpecker. Are you looking it up now, Danny? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking it up here. I'm going to look up your yeah. woodpecker. i got to make sure I remember to say the wood before I say yeah. the pecker part here. And then the other cool thing I saw was at one point in the afternoon break time, uh, I was sitting in an easy chair in the, ca- in the cottage or cabin or whatever, and there was a window next to me, and there was like a lawn, you know, right outside the window, and and there was like a little frontage road between us and the lake. And uh, anyway, I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, something caught my attention, something big, you know, and I kind of was kind of startled. And I looked, and here, right outside the window, a bald eagle dropped down. Now we saw bald eagles on every lake we went to. We saw them in every spot on every lake we went to. There were bald eagles all over the place, but they were all flying. They were all up in the air. They were up in trees, whatever you know. This one was, I don't know, ten, fifteen, twenty feet away from me. It was right in front of me, and the size of that thing was huge. And then it decided to walk across this frontage road, walk down to the water, come back up the hill look around a little bit, and then take off. I was just, it was totally cool. It was so cool to see it and to see how big they are. I mean, that thing was huge. So okay. those were the two interesting things I saw. Describe your woodpecker. Well, what color? It had a red head. It had a big red head. And it was tall. Tall. And it had other colors in it, too. There were okay, blues did, in it and other colors. Did it make, okay, did it maybe have some white Along with that, uh, it, in its kind of head area in it red. Might've. Okay, I I believe what you saw, Tom, was uh, the pileated woodpecker. The no. old the, the wily pileated woodpecker. It's a p i l e a t e d woodpecker. It's 17 inches in in height or length. Is it real colorful? It's very col- yeah. mostly black on the body, but uh, very very colorful, very colorful. Yeah, my and it, it's our it's our largest wood largest woodpecker. It's declined with the clearing of the forests, but it's now coming back in many areas. 
It says crow-sized, black with red crest, white wing linings, flash in flight. Did it make any noise, Tom? Did it talk to you? Uh, no. It was oh, uh, pecking in this uh, tree. It was too busy pecking. Yeah, uh, it pecked in the tree, and then my kids tried to get a picture, but it ran around to the other side of the tree and then flew away. But, that, yeah, it was, I mean, the size of it was, it was what really impressed me. How big it, it was, you know. The voice is, the voice is loud, ringing notes, and being as it was pecking, how much wood would wood peck peck if wood peck could peck wood? <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, for this time in the morning. Yeah, for early in the morning, that was all right. Um, so, well, maybe what, that was it. Maybe next time I come over to your place, I'll have to look and see if that was the one, you know. Yeah, well, all I got to say then, next year, if I tell our listeners that Tom's, you know, taking care of business, we'll know you're out looking at woodpeckers. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'll tell you what, but after the Hornschwaggle, which is coming up next, I'll tell you about the lakes we were on, the fish we caught, how we caught them. I'll tell you what, Danny, we caught lots of fish, we caught lots of different kinds, and I'll tell you exactly the lakes we were on, uh, so I'm, I'm not worried about that. And, okay. you know, my son, Chris, has turned out to be quite the guide. Uh, he's been going up to that Monaco Labor Day weekend for, oh, my goodness, he's probably been going up there for the last 20 years. And so he's really learned a lot of spots on, on these lakes and other, you know, not just uh, Lake Monaco, but other lakes in that area. So, but anyway, coming up next is the Hornschwaggle, folks. You can uh, win a $10 gift certificate to Carl's Country Market out there in Menominee Falls on the corner of Pilgrim and Silver Spring. And you can also win a nice prize package from uh, Baitmate Fish Attractants and Coleman Insect Repellents. So all you got to do is call 414-799-1250. That's 799-1250 right now. Be a contestant. We'll be right back with more. Welcome back to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. I'm Dan Bush, a pileated woodpecker, along with Tom Neubauer, a yellow-bellied sapsucker woodpecker. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I gotta say something. I gotta mention to Sam. Sam, how come we hear that same song every week? That last one. I don't know. Well, it's uh, one that uh, when we uh, you know come up with like different bumper music and stuff like that. It's one that I just liked and put well, in the I playlist like it and... every week. Well, you know, they hear us every week too, Tom. Uh, yeah, well, yes. Yeah. Well, they're supposed to. Well, anyway, well I'll tell you what. Get a list of your favorite Lawrence Welk songs. Yeah, if you got if you got more songs you want me to play, just give me a list. I gave you yeah. a whole list of them. Yeah, and I went I went through all of them. Well, you can. Okay, I'll talk to you later. <laughs> okay. Are you you done, Tom? Yeah, I'm done. Okay, jeez. Louise, you're just like a difficult kid. You're a little Johnny in the third row. Okay, so uh, Hornswoggle, do we have a contestant? Yeah, let's go to John in Milwaukee. Hey, John, how you doing? Good morning, guys. Yeah, good morning, John. 
Okay, uh, are you getting ready to go hunting this uh, this fall, John? Well, I, yeah, I, I do it a little later, though. It's a little early for me. I don't want to have to butcher it right away. I like hanging it for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that's the that's the thing. Uh, one one plus that I have seen just for our listeners, uh, when I was up checking some deer stands last uh, on Monday, in fact, uh, didn't see any mosquitoes. Uh, I don't know if they've had some cold evenings. Now, obviously, one part of the state doesn't. Uh, I was up near uh, Sparta, near La Crosse. One part of the state isn't the same as all parts of the state. But uh, it, it, that can be a problem in early season, too. If you're out there in a sweltering heat and it's like a jungle and you got mosquitoes you're breathing in, that can uh, kind of like uh, detract from the overall experience. So I'm with you. Hunting will just get better once the leaves start coming off. But here we go with the horn schwaggle. Now, you can win a, uh, you get two prize packages. You'll get a uh, $10 gift certificate for Carl's Country Market. And uh, so when you get, do get your deer, you'd have that certificate with you. And uh, bait made fish attractants, um, send you a prize packet. So here we go. As many people know, uh, I'm a big squirrel hunter, one of my favorite things to do. It opens today. I don't think I'll go out in the rain, however. Uh, so the questions are on squirrels. So uh, there's a gray squirrel, fox squirrel, and red squirrel. Uh, of the three squirrels, the gray squirrel is the largest. Hornschwaggle or no hornschwaggle? Well, I'm going to say no hornschwaggle. No, that's a, that's a hornschwaggle. Mm. The fox squirrel. The fox squirrel can weigh up to a pound bigger than the gray squirrel. Okay. Uh, next one. We'll go to flying squirrels. Flying squirrels are so good at flying that they can take off from a lower branch and fly to the top of a tree. Hornschwaggle or no hornschwaggle? I'm going to say hornschwaggle. That's a hornschwaggle. They uh, they don't really they don't really fly. They actually glide. Uh, they kind of spread their yeah. They got extra skin, I believe, under their armpits, and they get they glide. I've seen it. It's pretty cool. Okay, and finally, uh, the small little squirrel, the one that chatters a lot, is the red squirrel. Sometimes people refer to the red squirrel as a pine squirrel. Hornschwaggle or no hornschwaggle? I'll say no hornschwaggle. No hornschwaggle. Okay, very good. You're two out of three. Two out of three. Uh, right. Just got to get, got to go out and see if you can shoot one of those big fox squirrels sometime, John. I'm telling you, you can get them as big as small woodchucks sometimes. Um, so anyway, uh, leave your address and information uh, with Sam, and we'll get that to you. And thanks for listening. Thanks, fellas. All right, take All right, care. Bye, John. Okay. We've got a little uh, dropping some squirrel knowledge on us. Dropping some squirrel knowledge. And at some point, uh, maybe not today, I'm going going to do a segment on squirrel hunting tips. I'm going to have a segment, everything you wanted to know about squirrel hunting, but we're afraid to ask. (laughs) And and I'll tell you what, what we'll do is uh, when we come back uh, in the second hour, I'll start off with uh, telling you about lakes I fished, fish I caught, uh, well, that we caught, and uh, all that good stuff, okay? Lots of good stuff. Okay, so you're going to hold off till our second hour for those, for your stories. Yeah, we'll wait second hour. Okay. if anybody wants to get in touch with us, got any questions or comments, 799-1250 is the phone number. And uh, we haven't been getting any emails lately because uh, I guess we haven't been giving out the the email address, you know, it's kind of hard, 
you know, with that. But anyway, but if you do want to email us something, we will talk about it the following week. You can email us at ceoguys at yahoo.com. And, and uh, a couple, so. couple of things, Tom. Uh, ta- we've just been talking a little bit of hunting here. Um, the DNR does have some deer out, I believe, in south, southern Wisconsin that do have some collars on them, like a radio collar. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like a, uh, a silver, or kind of, I, I saw a picture of it. it. It's 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 not like a bright orange, you know, you know hunter orange co- collar on them. If I saw something like that, I'd think it's somebody's pet, right? You yeah. Wouldn't, but these ones with the radio collars, apparently it is okay. Now, go to the DNR and double-check this, but from what I read, it is okay to shoot them. Uh, but do you want? They want to uh, have it reported back to them. Uh, they're trying to check on what is the mortality, how many deer are harvested. I mean, it's for research purposes. So I guess I don't know. If I saw a deer with a collar, I'd still feel kind of weird about shooting it. Um, the other thing, grouse. They are still continuing. The DNR is still doing their uh, uh, grouse West Nile virus study for grouse. So they're looking for hunter cooperation. So you could go on to the website and find out. I'm not exactly sure what you do as far as what part of the grouse or where you donate or what. But apparently, if you do shoot grouse, you can kind of help the DNR, you know, compile information for the West Nile virus. You know, the other season that opened, Tom, kind of quietly, and I haven't heard much about it, is uh, bear season opened. Oh, yeah, yeah. And wasn't it a year ago that your son was up there? And he shot a bear, or was that yeah. two years ago? No, that was last year. Yeah. Last now, did year. he did he go with an outfitter, or did he no. do it himself? No, he went with his uh, father-in-law. His his father-in-law and a couple of brother-in-laws. Uh, they've all shot bear up on his father-in-law's land, up in Price County. So uh, you know, they already knew. They already had the stands, and they had the the bait piles and all that stuff. They they. They, yeah, they knew their stuff already. So. They had they had trail cams out there as well. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So yeah. they did. You know, our, we had our, I saw uh, our friend Rod Grimmy, who's uh, been on our show. In fact, he was on years ago, I think, with John, talking about his trip to Africa. And I think another time he was in the studio and talked about how he likes to do the Big Woods method, like the Larry Benoit method, of getting on a trail and stalking. In fact, he did shoot a nice buck with his thirty oh six. Uh, in its bed, uh, I don't know, maybe a decade back. So he's a really good hunter. I saw his, uh, I drove by his place the other day, and uh, I saw his truck hooked up to a big uh, a big uh, van or, or big trailer behind. And I'm wondering whether he's up bear hunting, because it would have been about, I think he had a tag about 8, 10 years ago, and he'd uh, a bear had detected him, and, uh, and he, he missed out on that opportunity. So I think I'm going to have to give him a call. I got a feeling we're going to have some bear hunting stories in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, probably. And uh, I think we got a couple minutes to go to the top of the hour, so I guess we got to take this break. It's going to be a short one, folks, so stay tuned. Don't go away. You're listening to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. The following is paid commercial programming. The content and opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of WSSP, Intercom Milwaukee, its staff, or sponsors. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi, and every river, lake, and field in between, let's talk everything outdoors. Uh, Ha ha ha! You're in the 
Crazy Train. Welcome to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors. Only on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. That's right, folks. This is the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors on the second hour with Dan Bush and myself, Tom Neubauer. We got Sam Schmitz on the boards. And uh, if you want to get in touch with us on the show, just give us a buzz at 799-1250. Got any questions or comments or you want to brag about a big fish or something? Uh, the other thing is, too, is that, uh, yes, we are on two stations, but also this is the only two-hour live outdoor show in Wisconsin. So we thank you for listening. And if you can hang in there for two hours, that's awesome. But we know a lot of you can't do that. But anyway, Danny... Are you ready for the story of the trip? Well, I'm, I'm, I got my popcorn, okay. my cold beer. I'm sitting here ready. Okay, we left. Uh, I went up with my son Nick, but come, but came back with my son Chris because Nick had to leave a day early. But anyway, um, Nick and I left at 3 a.m. in the morning. Left my house at 3 a.m. And um, the first lake that we always go to when we go up there is Little Arbor Vita. And because my son has got a walleye spot. But what's interesting about this walleye spot, which, by the way, we did catch a bunch of walleyes, um, what's interesting is that not only do you catch walleyes there, you catch smallmouth bass, bluegill, perch, crappie, and rock bass. <laughs> you know, you got a real smorgasbord of fish. And those darn smallmouth bass kept getting in the way. You'd, you'd think, uh, I never thought I would say that smallies were getting in the way, you know, and be upset about it. But they were getting in, in the way of us catching the, the walleyes. But anyway, we caught a lot of walleyes there. And then on Manaqua Lake, there we got a number of spots on Manaqua. No, first we went to Kawagasaga Lake. Kawagasaga is part of the chain of lakes, the Manaqua chain. And there's a area over there for bass and pike. Well, we drifted through this area. Oh, and by the way, for the walleyes, we were using uh, mainly we used uh, drop shot live bait drop shots with half a night crawler. That's all we needed. And we on Kawagasaga for the largemouth bass and pike, we were using chatter baits, um, lipless crankbaits. You know, like Bill Lewis. Uh, um, what are they called again? Bill Lewis lures the lipless crankbaits. But anyway. Uh, and uh, chatter baits, and let's see, you know, there was something else. Oh, yeah, and spinner baits, of course. And uh, we caught a whole bunch of largemouth bass. Now, up on the Manaqua chain, they've got a five fish limit, but no size limit. And we were catching them between, oh, I don't know, from like 12 to 16 inches. A lot of them were around that 14 inch range. So, anyway, uh, that night we had a fish fry and uh, we made the walleyes that we caught and we caught a bunch of walleyes so we cooked those babies up uh, on Manaqua Lake there's a number of spots we go to to catch smallmouth bass bluegill big bluegills and uh, and northern pike so uh, now on Manaqua that's still closed Manaqua Tomahawk Wagasaga for uh, walleye fishing still can't catch the walleyes on Manaqua up there so uh, anyway we went we didn't go to tomahawk this year because every day was 
cold and windy. Now, in the mornings, in the mornings was cold and windy, and during the day it was windy, but it got a little warmer, but not a lot. Never saw a mosquito, no mosquitoes up there. We went over to Lake Catherine, but the day we went to Lake Catherine, uh, where, where my son knows where these fish cribs are, we just couldn't stay in the spots. I mean, it was just so darn windy, and we don't have that spot lock on the electric motor, so that you know, we got just blown off of there. So we left there. And um, make a long story short, last day, my son, and we went back to Little Arbor Vita another day and caught more walleyes, you know, to bring home. Um, then we went over on Manaqua Lake in a place called Stacks Bay. And this was on uh, a Monday after late afternoon. And it was really cold. I mean, it, to me it was cold. It was like in the mid-50s, maybe low to, low to mid-50s. And we started casting spinnerbaits in there. And, Danny, we caught some of the biggest northern pike. Oh, my Lord. We caught about a half a dozen pike that were in that roughly three-foot range. We didn't measure them. They were, they, they were just all tanks, you know, wide and thick and long. I mean, these were just tanks. And, you know, it's funny. We caught about five or six of them. I forget exactly. And we caught them within a half an hour, and then we didn't catch another one. It was like they were gone. And uh, so, but we had a great trip. We caught a lot of different fish, a lot of small. Oh, we, we went on one spot on Manaqua and just caught so many smallmouth, you were just tired of catching them. And those were up to 16, 17 inches. You know, no monsters, but a lot of them. And uh, so it was a lot of fun. You know, we caught a lot of fish, fished a number of four or five different lakes. Um, yeah, we had we had a good time. So that let, was it. Let me ask, let me ask you, Tom. Uh, you were using spinner baits. Were you using your bass size spinner baits that you like to tie up? Yep, half ounce spinner baits. Yep. Okay. With, with a Did... trailer hook and uh, that uh, uh, twin uh, a split tail trailer. You know, some type okay. of white trailer on the back. So, yeah, Danny, you would have loved these pike, man. Uh, as soon as my son sends me the pictures, I'll forward you some. So if you feel like seeing, there were some big, ass, big, big fish. So did you use a leader with your spinnerbait or no. not? Well, we were mainly fishing for bass in there. So and then we just one, started hitting the pike. You know? two, so, to, three we points. Lucky we didn't get bit off, yeah. Three points uh, that I will make. A, spinnerbait's are one of the overlooked baits for pike, I think. Spinner yeah. baits work really well for pike. Uh, and the spinner bait, um, what's his name, um, on, uh, on um, Lake of the Woods, Jack Burns, who used to be the editor of uh, Esox Angler Magazine, he told me his go-to bait was the Rad Dog spinner bait, and he would just cover water trying to locate some active fish. Now, once he got a follow, you know, he might switch to something different. But spinner baits, you know, have, have been. Uh, Dick Pearson used to call the spinner bait a crescent, uh, crescent wrench lure. It's because you can work a, a spinner bait shallow or deep. Uh, right. it, now you're it, talking you can, for muskies up there, right? Yeah, he'd use it for muskies. Right, right. But spinner baits work great for pike. Yeah. Um, Ron Johnson caught a big one with me this spring up in Door County when we got all kinds of follows. They wouldn't hit anything, but he did have one hit his spinner bait. 
And uh, in the previous year, he had the same experience where he, he was able to get a big one on the spinner bait. Um, one thing too with spinner baits, if you especially if you can have that trailer hook, that's the second thing. You want to put a trailer hook on, and it'll up your hooking percentages. And the third thing is, is with the spinner bait, they tend those pike tend to tell me if I'm wrong. They tend to get that hook right in the corner of their mouth, so it's not you know necessarily uh likely that they're going to get the teeth the line on the teeth and cut you off yeah you're right yeah rarely do they ever engulf the whole spinnerbait you know um they always just grab that the the tail part you know so uh you know the the, the what do you call Te- it uh, the back the teaser legs, te- you know? teaser tail <laughs> yeah but uh, and then you were talking Bill Lewis crankbait. Were you talking rattle traps? Is yeah, that what you? Yeah, I couldn't think of the name. Yeah, the lipless crankbaits. I mean, there's a lot of different brands, but we were throwing rattle traps, you know. And you know, we found. Uh, well, my son knew this spot where it was like you know seven to nine feet of water and weeds that came up maybe about four feet. So we were just fishing right over the top of them for the largemouth bass and for the big pike. They were in the the stacks bay as a well-known place for muskies. I mean, I fished it 30, 40 years ago for muskie. Uh, it's a great area. But anyway, it's a, it's a weedy bay where it's probably only like six or seven feet deep, but and the weeds, uh, you know, come up about four feet. So we were just right over the tops of them. That's all. Just, you know, if a guy had MEP spinners, that would have worked too, you know. MEPs would have worked. Right. Uh, I'm sure... You know, some other lures would have worked as well, but, uh, you know, we were made, you know, it's funny, like, you know, I use spinnerbaits for bass, and I always end up catching pike, you know, on that, like on the area lakes around here, you know, you'll catch bass and pike both on them, so, yeah, it's a great bait, oh, and by the way, the favorite color, my son was using a black spinnerbait with gold blades, and I was using the black with the orange blades, so... Yeah, black, black and orange always seems to work well. You know, yeah, another thing... for the pike. Yeah, especially for those pike. Speak, I, speaking of pike, Tom, you know, everybody associates fall with being a great time to fish for, you know, those fall muskies. But, you know, fall can be a great time to fish for pike. Oh, it is. Uh, because you're, go- you're going to have, you know, pike, especially big pike. Now, you can always catch smaller pike you know, in whatever little weedy 80-degree yeah. pond that you can find. But bigger pike have a preference, it, it when, you know, to get into cooler water. And a lot of those pike might be relatively inaccessible unless you're trolling deep water on a thermocline somewhere, you know, throughout the summer. But in the fall, water cools. There's a bait fish movement into the weed edge. Kind of same reason we're, you know, all of a sudden casting weed edges for muskies again. And uh, weed edges, uh, particularly particularly if you can find some hidden gems on the Great Lakes and the Bay of Green Bay and some spots, uh, y- you can get yourself into some monster pike. And fall is a good time to go target them, but you just don't really hear about it a lot. Yeah. You know, when we were up north, the first day we were there, the water temperature was 67 degrees. The second day, it was 64 degrees. And the third day, it was 61 degrees. <laughs> so it kept going down. <laughs> kept going down. So I forget, did you mention, did you target muskies at all, or did you... No, no. no we didn't fish for muskies at all. Um, 
I mean, we, we, you know, we like going up there and we will always have a meal of fish up there, but we like bringing fish back. All right. And we're just doing our part because they want you to take out like those largemouth bass. They want you to take those. We didn't take any smallmouth bass because we kept one as an experiment because, uh, they had those little parasite black spots on their fins. And I said to my son, well, well, maybe they don't have them on the inside. It's just on the fins. Well, when we cut them open, uh, the flesh was full of black spots, had those little worm nodules in them, the fleshy-colored worm nodules. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend eating those. So, so we didn't keep any smallies. But the large smallies think... were perfectly clean, yeah. Now, from what I've heard, Tom, and again, for our listeners... Don't take me as the authority on this. Do it at your own risk. You could do some research. But from what I remember hearing was if they got those spots, you cook it and it's okay. But from my standpoint, even even if I cook and kill the worm or whatever, the parasite, uh, yeah, I, I think I'll just let that one go yeah, and move on, move on to the next. It's not aesthetically pleasing to think about what you're eating. On, on, the, on the TV show I did years ago, uh, I had this uh, doctor, uh, he was a disease doctor, whatever, I had him on the show, to talk about tapeworms and this very thing, all right? And he explained how, you know, yeah, if you cook them properly or if you freeze them properly, the parasites won't bother you. But if you don't and you eat them, then you can get a tapeworm. And he brought so, tapeworm along to show us what they are, and they're pretty. I don't. I okay. That that that's kind of like the picture of my colonoscopy. Yeah, I don't right, even yeah. want to think about that. Hey, yeah. um, so actually, you're better off rather than uh, obviously they always recommend cooking things thoroughly with game yeah. with anything really, um, but you're better off rather than eating it fresh. You'd be safer to freeze it for a while first. As a, in fact, I think freezing it, yeah. can even kill trichinosis in game, yeah. from what I've read. Right. Yeah, I, I'll tell you. Yeah, there, it, freeze it first, then cook it, and and you'd be okay. But like I said, like you said too, and like I said, it's it, it's just not pleasant to think about eating those little worms. I I'm sorry, I don't want to do it. I'm not going to do it. Anything with black spots on it, I throw back. So which and right. And you know what else we got to do, Danny, right now? We got to go to break. When we yeah. come back, I got to ask you some more about this. <laughs> All right, we got to go to a break, folks. You're listening to uh, 105.7 FM, The Fan. This is the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors, brought to you by Baitmate Fish Attractants. And we'll be right back with more, so stay tuned. All right, welcome back to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Hey, I like that bumper music there. I'd just as soon just sit there and rock out to that. Uh, before I forget, though, Tom, uh, I've got to make an announcement here. This is an important one. Uh, today uh, is the fundraiser, uh, the Dana Walks Fishing Fundraiser at Gina's Sports Dock. It says, rain or shine, it's on. Uh, I got this email on Wednesday from our friend Tom Kep. Uh, as, as you know, he's uh, president of the uh, Pewaukee chapter of Walleyes for Tomorrow. Dana Walk, uh, Walks Island on the West End. There, his family owns it, and he was one that was tragically 
uh, shot in that Miller uh, travesty this uh, past uh, spring, I guess it was. Uh, so here's what's going on. The fishing starts at 7 o'clock, which means we're 20 minutes into it. Ends at 2 p.m. Uh, looks like a pretty fun gig. It's $40 for a two-person team, which includes a lunch ticket and one beverage ticket to each, uh, each angler. Um, so basically, you can register right now. And uh, basically, fish prizes are for the longest muskie, pike, and bass. Uh, $100 for first place of each species. And uh, you can get more details if you go there. Also, they got a bunch of raffles going. And uh, so basically, raffles include uh, a 12-foot Lund boat, a Jiffy propane power auger, a clam shanty, a clam or flip-over shanty, then a clam pop-up shanty, I don't know what the difference is, but they're both shanties. Booze wagon, a stand-up woodpecker, cool, I mean woodpecker, you got woodpeckers on my mind there, Tom. Stand-up woodpecker cooler on wheels, portable massage table, I wonder if it comes with the girl. Uh, digital electric smoker meat pack, whole bunch of other things. So stop out. Uh, if I don't, well, I'm putting my boat away, Tom, uh, but I, I'm going to head out to Gina's today and uh, buy some raffle tickets there. Yeah, and it is raining out, so have fun, folks, if you do go out. Take your rain gear. But I guess Tom, we got a few phone callers, Danny. Want to talk we got about phone caller. Well, holy cow, we got a hot one on the hotline. Let's go to it, Tom. All yeah, right, let's go. go. Let's go to Keith and Tosa. All right, good morning, What's up, Keith? Keith. Good morning, guys. How you doing? Good, good, good. A beautiful rainy day. Yeah. Um, you know, you were talking about the pelated, or I'm not sure how to pronounce it, uh, red pe- woodpecker. Yeah. And um, my wife and I used to live uh, with a, a wildlife preserve in both the back of the house and side of it, so we saw lots of wildlife, and uh, which was beautiful, except uh, one summer we started having trouble with the woodpecker uh, pecking around our, our sliding doors to the back patio, huh. or the back porch. Yeah. So um, anyways, you know, I thought, well, okay, this happens. But we had to have a guy come out and rebuild the frame to the tune of about $600. And, uh, and I asked the guy, what is it, what is it they're after? I mean, uh, he says they hear bugs behind the, the surface. And I'm like, they can't really hear bugs. And he swore, yes, they did. Now, I don't have that, you know, down in writing, but uh, they claimed that's what it was doing. And then, of course, uh, he rebuilt it. And uh, we made sure there was no bugs back there. And then uh, the other thing we did is this time we put some composite components in so that they was a little bit dissuaded from biting into it again. But I did hear them pecking away for a while afterwards. Now, was, yeah, this, you a, know, was this a big woodpecker or little woodpecker? Oh, no, it was a big one. It yeah. was a pilated or pilated, whatever. But, yes, okay. it was definitely the same thing, I can guarantee you. All right. Well, I'm glad you took care of the situation. Survived the woodpecker onslaught. <laughs> well, thanks for calling. Have a good, Appreciate it, Keith. Take care, one, gentlemen. Okay, yep. bye now. Well, Tom, a couple of weeks ago, I was talking about you know what's worse than a woodpecker pecking at your cabin okay. is, is a porcupine chewing on your cabin. Oh yeah, you told oh, us about that. <laughs> they can gnaw a hole there in no time, no time flat. But I'll yeah. tell you, they're they're no match for Dan Bush. With a 12-gauge shotgun right. with number seven shot standing in his underwear in the middle of the night with a flashlight held by Troy Woodrow. 
Yeah. That poor Porky, he had no chance when the deadly marksman was there to end his foray, his 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 games. Uh, do, uh, Sam, do we have another woodpecker caller? We do. Yeah. We have uh, Ted in Milwaukee as well. All right. Good morning, Ted. Morning, guys. How you doing? Good. What's Good. up? Hey, uh, it's actually pronounced pileated. Pileated. Pileated okay. woodpecker. Yes. Those are the ones that uh, when they're going at uh, when they're going at the tree. They sound like a machine gun. Yeah. Like and this is one of the sounds I, I picked it up on uh, Google. I looked it up. This is one of the sounds they make. Here. Yeah, I did hear that. Yeah, that's a, willied, a pileated woodpecker. Here we go. All right. See, we got, it, I, we, we got it identified and correctly pronounced. Yeah, and, and, and it looks good. All right, guys. Have a great day. Thanks, man. Thanks yeah. for the info. Yeah. yeah. You. you know, when people say this show is for the birds, I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> Sam, is anybody else calling about woodpeckers? Not as of now. Oh, okay, okay. Okay, now you were going to ask me something, Danny? Yeah, uh, you were talking about tapeworms in fish. I mean, what kind of fish can tapeworms be in? Well, no, the tapeworms aren't in the fish. It's the little the little worm nodules that are in the flesh. Through you know, if you catch a fish that has those black spots on it, chances are that that's going to turn into those fleshy worm nodules, and there probably are some on the inside, on the flesh. Now, if you eat that without properly cooking it, that then will turn into a tapeworm in your guts, which can end up being thirty, forty feet long. So like so like those. Okay, so the like the little black spots are indicative of the worms, then, right? right. Oh, now, is the worm like attached to the black spot, or no. is the black spot caused by the worm? No, the black spots will turn into those. They'll turn. So the black them. spot is kind of like what you might call like a uh, like what a uh, cocoon is with a caterpillar that turns into a butterfly. That black spot turns into a tapeworm. Yeah, well, no, it doesn't turn into a tapeworm. It turns into a little uh, fleshy-colored worm nodule. Now, if when you and then the fleshy-colored worm nodule turns into a tapeworm. If, if you if you ingest it and don't cook it properly, yes. But if it just stays on the fish, it just stays a fleshy little worm nodule right, for life. Right, and eventually, yes, exactly, and eventually get eaten by a bird. Or die and then, you know, ends up into the lake again and then goes through a clam, which is the host of the of the parasite, and then the host spits out, the, they swim out and then attach themselves to fish and then birds eat them and it's a continuous and then the, thing. And, the, anyway, and then the birds, but, the birds, the birds get, get the tapeworm as well then, right? Because any, no, no? No, they don't. For some reason How about, they don't get it. How about like a raccoon or something? Is it just I, mammals? I have no idea. But okay. I'll tell you one thing I do know is that one time what I did, and this is what really grossed me out, when I filleted a fish and there was that fleshy-colored worm nodule, what I did was I got out a, 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 a not a microscope, a, a, a magnifying glass. Yeah, thank you, magnifying glass. And I cut it open, all right? And it looks just like a little baby spike that you would use for ice fishing. It looks like a little bitty, bitty spike. So it is a little bitty worm that's in there. Yeah. It's 
very gross, and I'm not going to eat any of those. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty gross. <laughs> pretty gross. Anyway, we got to go to one more break, all right? Hey, you okay. know, I'm surprised. This, uh, this portable home phone is, is working. It's, it's staying alive. I, I thought maybe it'd be dead after an hour and a half, but it's not. It's doing good. So anyway, so we'll take a break. Uh, we'll be right back. We're brought to you by Baitmate Fish Attractants. He's Dan Bush. I'm Tom Neubauer. Sam Schmitz is on the boards, so be nice to him. He's doing a good job. We'll be right back with more, folks. Could rock to this all morning long. You're, uh, you, you are listening to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. I got to spit it out here. I'm Dan Bush along with Tom Newbauer, and right now I believe we've got Mr. Al. You shook me all night long on the line. He's been holding patiently. Maybe we can go to him, Sam. Al just dropped off. He just dropped off. Okay. Oh. All right. Sorry. Sorry about that, Al. Yeah, you well, know. His well, morning coffee. His morning. Go ahead. His morning coffee was probably hitting him right about now, and he just couldn't hold on. <laughs> well, we got some good news for our audience. Uh, every year we have a football picking contest, and after this next break, after the six, after the seven forty-five break, we will be taking a caller, and we're going to be picking against the spread on how the Green Bay Packers will do against the Minnesota Vikings. And if you guess it right, you're going to get a $10 gift certificate to Curly's Waterfront Pub. And, Bushy, we got to appreciate you going out there and getting those gift certificates the other day. Yeah, yeah. You know, you realize I had to drive all the way down the road here, sit, <laughs> look at the lake, and have two beers while I waited for him to get those certificates. You know, the sacrifices I make, Tom. Yeah, I know. I'm I feeling mighty underappreciated. There. Yeah, I should have met you out there. Hey, Al's on the line again. We gotta okay, shush great. up and let go to our buddy Al. Al. Good morning, Al. Hey, gentlemen, how are we today? Oh, it's doing Al good, Show. buddy. I'm on. Uh, my brother-in-law and I are on our way to Lake Vermilion right now. We're gonna be up oh. there for the whole week, yanking walleyes out of the lake and uh, using that catch and release into the grease method, just like Tom. Yeah, hey. right. You're darn right. You got that. <laughs> Well, yeah. Al, this is this is a trip that you do pretty regularly, correct? Uh, my brother-in-law and I have been doing it 25 or 26 years now. Yeah, I call that pretty regularly, yeah, yeah. Um, so are you guys just targeting walleyes, or do you do any other species? Uh, how, do you, how do you attack it? It's primarily walleyes, but if it's slow, then we can try and throw some jigs and plastics for smallies. Uh, I haven't ever had any luck at all finding the crappies on that big body of water. I've looked, you know, in all three places, Tom, shallow, deep, and in between, and I haven't <laughs> been able to find the crappies, but uh, there's so many targets of opportunity on that lake, it's, it's silly. And we do run into those areas where we catch some perch. They'll have some of those black spots and yeah. those white nodules, but I always heard that those black spots were from snails, and the nodules were from a, you know, like you said, Tom, from some other 
uh, like a nematode type of a thing, but I somebody up there told me that those black spots are snail eggs or whatever. And I, I'm like you. I see those spots. They get clunked on the gunnel and they're eagle food. Throw them in yeah, overboard. Exactly. So, yeah, you know, I'm not going to eat something that may wind up eating me. Yeah. You know, it's it's interesting, guys, because my dad, you know, he grew up in Superior, and they would fish a lot of, you know, northern Wisconsin, but Minnesota lakes. And the attitude back then, you know, back in the 40s and 50s, uh, and I heard this out of my dad's mouth a lot, and even when I was as a young lad in the 60s, is they'd just call, they'd just say wormy perch. And they'd talk yeah. very disparagingly of those wormy perch, at least the yep. people in Minnesota. And then Dad moves down to Marinette, Wisconsin, which is Bay of Green Bay back then. It was jumbo perch heaven, and perch were like the highly most desired thing. So I wonder if those parasites were more prevalent up there. You know, I don't know. Some years we would see them. You know, you would, you know, it'd be incidental catch for some of these perch, and they'd be, you know, 12, 13 inches, so we'd keep them. And some years they would have those spots and worms, and some years they wouldn't. You just always had to turn them over and look underneath, you know, on their gill plates. And see, you could see the spots right away. If you could see them underneath their jaw, that meant they were in the flesh. So you didn't even bother cleaning them. You just, like I said, you clunked them on the gunnel and threw them in for, wall, you know, for eagle bait. Maybe maybe one of you guys knows, uh, being as, you know, Tom's a genius and, and, and you, you are hi- highly knowledgeable as well, Al. I've caught some walleyes in the Bay of Green Bay, and you don't catch a lot of them, but every once in a while you get one with all these, like, white growths on the side of them. Looks like some cancerous kind of a growth. Are you guys familiar with what the heck that is? I always just throw them back anyway. I don't know what they are. I don't know what it is, but I know what you're talking about. It's pretty gross looking. Yeah. It's a fungus. It's a fungus? It's a fungus, it's a fungus that they get. They've had some sort of an exterior wound. Okay. And uh, the the mold spores that are prevalent in water are able to get, you know, when you grab a fish, they're slippery. And plus they have scales. Even when you look at a trout, you don't think they have scales, but they're very tiny and, you know, small. Right. But if something happens with that protective layer, then those mold spurs can, spores can get in. And like mold and fungus that grows anywhere, they have rhizomes that go out into any medium that they're in, soil, flesh, whatever. So once it's there, it's going to start popping up all over the place, and then eventually it'll be the, you know, for fish and some wild animals, it's eventually the death of them. We're lucky enough where we can go to a doctor and hopefully get treated. But uh, that's why when they tell you, I noticed, Danny, when you handle a fish, you wear gloves. And, you know, when you're trout fishing in a stream, they want you to land them in a net, take the hook out without touching the trout. Because you can remove a lot of that protective slime, and that just removes one of the, one of the safety valves that these animals have to protect them from something like that. But you'll so, see that fungus and that mold growing on anything that swims, from sea okay. lamp prey right on up to the biggest fish that's ever been in water. I guess I've I've only seen it that I can recall. Well, maybe I've seen it on other fish, but I know for sure I've seen it on a number of walleyes in the bay. And I'm guessing that those walleyes in the bay, they you know, there's a lot of rocks in the bay. I'm guessing maybe they bang around, get on the rocks, get a little marks on them, maybe during the spawn, and then that gives rise for that 
you know, kind of what I call a goiter or whatever to grow on them. It is, it is gross. How about as far as if a guy, okay, if it's going to kill the fish anyway, what if a guy keeps keeps a fish to cook it? Is there any you know about any danger to humans, Al? I I couldn't tell you if it would be beneficial to eat that or not, but I certainly wouldn't. No, you know, the most, I guess most of the fish that I see it on are panfish. You know, those really? are bait fish for bigger fish and so forth, but I have seen it on bass and some on walleye. But, I, you know, I would tend to think that it's it was an injury when the water was warmer because during the spring walleye run, Tom, what is it, about 50-some degrees before the walleye start making their run? Oh, I don't think mold spores, uh, mold spores are very, you know, I, I don't think they adapt well in those temperatures. So, so they get they know. they've acquired that during the warmer water period, basically, is I, what you're saying. I would think so. I don't see very many moles or fungus growing until you get about sixty degrees out in your yard and out in the woods. No, so I would they, think it would be pretty much the same thing in water. I I wonder if it can be spread between fish. You know what uh, I mean? Hey, we're we're starting to get above my pay grade now. Okay, please. so remind me, guys, next time I have, being as we're getting into all this in-depth, you know, talk today about woodpeckers and goiters and black spots on fish, um, <laughs> tapeworms and colonoscopies, um, I'm next time we have a DNR biologist on, I'm going to ask him, is it is it better just to keep the fish even if you're not going to eat it and just remove it so it doesn't infect other fish? Yeah, just kind of a question I guess I'm going to try and remember to ask but I probably won't remember well we try and do our part by like I said hitting it on the gunnel of the boat and then letting leaving it for eagles or ospreys to eat right hey there you go all right there you go Dale thanks for uh dropping some knowledge on us thanks for calling appreciate it have a great trip we'll be talking to you buddy give you guys try and give you guys a call on the way back next week all right all right buddy we'll see you all right, I got a quick ad to do quick for uh, Dave Olson's Photography Studios. It's uh, studio360photo.net. Uh, he's right in Pewaukee. It's your one-stop shop for professional photography, video production, all kinds of stuff. He's been in business almost 40 years. He's got a lot of experience, and he can do the project no matter what size it is. And uh, like I said, he's located right in Pewaukee. So uh, everything he's doing right now, too, Danny, is this is interesting. Everything he's doing is 50% off. Any kind of family photos or portraits or what, wedding things, what, whatever it is, 50% off, which is really a great deal. So if you want to learn more, just go to studio360photo.net. That's studio360photo.net. And right now we got to take a break, and we want uh, a contestant for the NFL football picking contest. And we'll see if Sam has got the right music for it. NFL football picking contest. Just pick against the spread. Get a $10 gift certificate, if you are correct, to uh, Curly's Waterfront Pub. Call right now at 799-1250. That's 414-799-1250. We'll be right back. Tundra of Lambeau Field. Welcome back to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors, and uh, we've got our NFL picking contest. So what do we got, Tom? Right. Well, okay, Sam, what's the point spread? 
as of now, believe it or not, the Vikings are favored by two and a half points, 45 over under. All right, favored by two and a half. And this is brought to you by Curly's Waterfront Pub out there on beautiful Pewaukee Lake. You'll win a $10 gift certificate if you pick correctly. Do we have a contestant? Yes, we have Brian in Milwaukee. Brian or Ryan? Brian with a B. Brian, okay. No, Brian morning, with a Brian. B. <laughs> Hello, Brian. Yeah, good morning. How are you guys? Hey, good, good. So what do you think? Minnesota's favored by two and a half. What do the you spread, think? The spread keeps going down, and the Vikings lost two defensive linemen. I like the Packers outright, so I'll definitely take the points. Okay, so you're going to take the Packers. All right. And that's really, you know, that's all there is to this game. You know, it's pretty simple. Pretty wait, wait, wait. That doesn't he have to beat us, Tom? Nope. Nope, doesn't well, he have to beat us. What's the fun in this? I don't get to pick now? No. You don't no. get to pick. No. Hey, no. A minute. <laughs> I don't like no. Sam doesn't either. Yeah, there's no there's no competition in it yeah, then. Yeah, why? What happened? We used to guess we, four out of five games. What are we doing? We used to, but we don't do that anymore. Are we giving what? out what? participation trophies or what? Yeah, what is this? Third grade soccer, Tom? Well, I mean, what the heck? This is easier for Brian to win. Okay, uh, I will take the Vikings myself. You will, huh? Okay. I'm picking whether you like like me picking or not. That's right. Well, I'm going to take the Packers. Well, you you always, you're a big bozo. You always take the Packers because <laughs> you're such a homer. Uh, that, that's all you, yeah. So, and uh, so, what is, who, who do you like, Sam? Oh, yeah, I'm going, uh, I say Packers cover. There, okay. okay. Now, now Bushy, pick on Sam. Pick on Sam. Yeah, Sam, you you're, you're a homer bozo, too, because <laughs> the Vikings are a good team this year. Uh, yeah, we'll, how about... We'll Brian, Who did Brian? Said, Brian said that somebody was out. Who's out? Yeah, the Packers, I mean, the Vikings uh, lost their free agent all-pro defensive lineman to Seattle, and then this week they announced that their good defensive lineman, Daniel Hunter's out with a twisted knee. All right, see, right there. So that's just softening it up for Rodgers to pick that young secondary apart. Let's hope so. Let's hope see, so. All right, least, well, thanks, Brian, it, and good luck. Thanks. Yeah. Oh, Brian, leave your uh, name and address with Sam, okay? Okay, sure. All righty, thank you. Well, you know, at least somebody knows something about football. <laughs> yeah, I know. And look, it's Brian. I'm not going to watch it anyway. Yeah, well, we're, I'm, I'm going to be hunting, like I said. You know, I'm going to be part of that silent majority out there in the yeah. woods. And, uh, yeah. Dad. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to protest until they uh, get rid of politics in sports. Yeah. That's yep. one thing we don't need. Yeah, and there's a surprising amount of people that feel the same oh it's yeah that, oh you it, better believe it there are i mean i'll tell you what i more people that i talk to when i do a little barbershop talks more people than you even want to imagine are uh are are, are ticked off you know yep. it's the silent ticked off ma- majority that everybody wants to think is the minority out there but yep. i guess we'll find out come november oh danny i forgot to tell you you know what I caught the my biggest walleye on? Actually, it was the biggest walleye of any of us. The biggest okay. walleye caught. You know what I caught it on? What'd you catch it on? A mini mite. A mini mite. <laughs> a mini mite. Now, yeah. was it the big size mini mite or no, was it? No, the... no, it was uh, the little one. I was fishing for something else. <laughs> I was fishing for those. We found some big bluegills, and I thought, well, maybe I'll catch a, you know, a couple more of those big bluegills and caught the. The biggest mm-hmm. walleye, I, unbelievable! You know that. I'm telling you, that mini mite catches everything. 
telling you. I caught smallmouth bass on it, too. Okay. Yeah, so Mini mites and rattle traps. Stock up on them. And spinnerbait. <laughs> stock up on them. Hey, speaking of stocking, uh, Pewaukee stocking. Here's a quick stocking update from our local Pewaukee uh, chapter of Wall- I mean, Muskie's Inc., uh, they are gearing up to put some fish in Pewaukee Lake. Now, with the COVID deal going on, they weren't able to have any significant fundraisers, but they're still moving forward and uh, have committed about $3,000 towards stocking Pewaukee this fall. With what? And uh, What's that? With what? Stocking Catfish. Him. With what? Catfish? Catfish. What do you think? Muskies. It's Pewaukee chapter of Muskies, Inc. What, what do you think they're stocking? That? You didn't say that. You just yes, I did. So I, I said I, the Pewaukee chapter of Muskie's Inc. I didn't hear well, that. Okay, go back and play. Well, go back and play the tape later, there, buddy. No, I'm uh, I'm just right, messing with you. Do. We'll okay, do. but anyway, uh, another thing, uh, Pewaukee chapter of Muskie's Inc. Uh, they've got a planned wo- women's tournament, uh, shaping up to be a fun event. If you're interested, yeah. you can call two six two. Four four two eight four nine six, and uh, you know, here, here, Tom, maybe you could hook up with a hot chick and take her fishing on this tournament. Uh, it's Saturday, October third. It's on Pewaukee Lake. Tournament hours are eight to twelve. It's a single person tournament. Two ladies may fish in the same boat. I don't get how that works. The man. Oh, here we go. Here's where you come in because you're well. Where I come in too. We're manly men. The man is to be the guide. He's oh. there to run the boat, tend to sucker lines, position the boat, etc., and net the fish. Okay, so we're like the boat bunny taking care of the woman fishing. I guess that's why if two ladies fished, one of the ladies would be like the guide because we all know women can do everything as good as a man, so they don't need a man to be a guide necessarily. One of the women can do that if it's two women in the boat. But anyway, it's a casting tournament with two live bait lines allowed per boat, uh, no cost to enter the event, and there's door prizes for everyone who enters, large prizes for the biggest fish caught. If not enough fish are caught, the large prizes will be raffled off. So, uh, yeah, lots of fun things coming up here out on good old Pewaukee Lake. Well, I, I know why they'd want you and me out there in a boat with those ladies. I know why. You yeah, because we, we look good in Speedos. Well, they need they need a little eye candy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> With us, buddy, they got a lot of eye candy. <laughs> like well, a couple of, like a tell you what kind of candy we're, of again? we're a couple of big suckers is what we are as far as candy. Where's that out of again? Uh, I did not say. <laughs> uh, I'm guessing it's out of Smokey's Musky Shop oh, okay. uh, Bar and Casino. Where else okay. would they have it? Yeah, yeah. okay. I was just kind of curious. And uh, don't forget now, with the uh, uh, football season coming, uh, Waterfront Pub is a great place to indeed go watch some sporting events. Tom Tom likes Waterfront because all of their fries are neatly cut. And uh, Waterfront also has great pizza. So, you know, they got great food out there. Don't forget to yeah. uh, support our good sponsor, Waterfront Pub. And today... Slide over to Gina's Sports Stock, another great little place on uh, SS, and uh, see if you can help uh, support that fundraiser. Buy some tickets, and uh, maybe you'll win a portable massage table. Yeah, and I forgot to mention it earlier, but from now on, we'll be doing the NFL football picking cocktail contest 
right after the 7.15 break. So remember that, folks, right after the 17, 7.15 break, we'll be doing it. I guess that's all I got, Danny. Yeah, that's all I got, Tom. All right. To all the listeners, thanks for listening, and God bless and stay free, everyone. Boy, I'm glad Tom's back. You've been listening to the Skibber Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Talk to you all next week, my friends. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.